Good morning, and welcome to our Sunday worship service. Today I want to begin by wishing a very happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there listening today and wish you God's special blessing. Today it is also a very fitting day to announce the safe arrival of Jeremy and Chelsea Greening's baby girl, Isla Ray, born this past Monday on May the 4th. And so our warmest congratulations go out to you on the birth of your new daughter. I'm also pleased to share with you today that since our first ministerial prayer service at Bayside three weeks ago, we've been able to since resume our regular Wednesday morning Bayside worship services. So rather than, of course, standing in the chapel like we're used to, we stand outside on the south lawn by the windows And then we communicate with the residents inside using FaceTime, and they broadcast that inside over the television and on the PA system. And so our church led the service this past Wednesday, and it went quite well and was greatly appreciated by the residents and staff. So we're just very thankful that we can uh, resume ministering to the residents at Bayside. And now for today's call to worship taken from Proverbs chapter 31. It pays special tribute to the treasure of godly mothers. There we read, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Would you bow with me, and let's unite our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, today we come before you in worship, and we thank you that the gift of motherhood is your idea. It is your creation. And we thank you that you have blessed each one of us with a mother. And so today, Father, we simply ask your special blessing on our moms. Would you just let them know uh, how appreciated they are and and what a blessing they are to each one of us as they uh, not only raise us from from infancy and on, but continue into our our adult life, be that influence and uh, loving presence. And so we thank you for them, Lord. And for those who have brought us up in the fear and in the the knowledge and love of the Lord, we give you special uh, thanks uh, for that blessing to be raised to know you from a young age. And so we just pray a special blessing on all of the moms listening today. Would you strengthen them? Would you help them uh, as they raise their children? Lord, especially as they face uh, extra challenges in these past months with many of them having to Uh, teach school at home, a role that many have not done before, we pray that you would give extra grace and just strength there. And we pray that it would be a rewarding time as families uh, spend a little extra time together. And so we thank you for the the incredibly important role that moms play in keeping uh, the households together and running smoothly and well. So bless them for this, we pray. Today, Lord, we also want to remember those in Bayside 
And we think of Eva Weeb, and we think of all the other residents who uh, may be feeling lonely or isolated. We pray that you would be near to them, and we thank you that we are able to resume having chapel services with them, and we pray that they would continue to be just a blessing and an encouragement to them as they, as they get to worship you and hear uh, from your word. Lord, we also pray for many others who in this time may be lonely or experiencing depression or anxiety about various things going on. And so we pray, Lord, undertake for them. And we pray for those that are struggling uh, and dealing with, with financial stress. Would you be near to them? We pray, Lord, for the many ministries who are in a state of, of limbo, not knowing if they can move forward. And we think especially of our summer Bible camps. And we think of Turtle Mountain. And Lord, again, we ask that you would make a way that they could move forward uh, with their ministry and with their program. And so, Lord, uh, with, with the big picture in mind, we, we do pray, Lord, for an end to this pandemic. And we pray, Lord, that you would provide the solution and that you would receive the glory for it. And so we ask, Lord, for, for this to be, to be brought to a conclusion. And uh, we pray as well for the patience to continue to, um, to endure and to wait. And we, we, with this aim in mind as well, Lord, we pray for the opportunity to be able to once more safely regather together physically as your church and to worship you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would just speed that, that day when we can do that once more. And so we pray, Lord, that until that day comes, would you continue to unite us as a body of faith, that as we gather like this, um, in a little different setting, each one of us in our own homes, uh, we pray, Lord, that we would still sense that unity of faith that binds us together in you, and would you build us up in the faith. And so we thank you that you are doing this even now by your Holy Spirit. And so we ask your continued blessing on this service. In Jesus' name, amen. So now today being Mother's Day, we've added a, a couple of extra special features. I've brought along a couple of helpers with me today. My sons, Declan and Theodore, who would like to share a little bit of wisdom and pay tribute to all of the moms listening out there today. And so now also for receiving the offering, you may still give of your regular tithe or offering uh, in two different ways, you can either mail your donation to the Clarney Mennonite Church, Box 969, Clarney, Manitoba, R0K1G0, or you can simply bring it to the church in person, and there is an offering box located in the church foyer there for you. I would now invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 2 and verses 21 to 35 for our scripture reading today. Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. 
When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So far the reading of God's word. And I'll be sharing with you a sermon which I've entitled, Mary and the Blessing and Burden of Motherhood. Would you bow with me once more? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you how it reveals your heart for us, and we thank you for what it reveals to us about the important role of mothers, and none less than the role of your own mother, the mother of our Lord Jesus, Mary. And so, Lord, as we look a little bit closer at her story and the important role that mothers play, I pray that each mother listening today would be encouraged and that each one of us who are, who are husbands or sons uh, would just grow in appreciation for the wonderful role, the important role that you have given of motherhood. And so I pray that you would speak through this word, speak through me, your servant, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as every mom already knows, on the 364 days outside of Mother's Day, motherhood is quite often a thankless job that goes vastly underappreciated. There's a story told of a man who came home from work one day to find his three small children outside still wearing their pajamas, playing there in a mud puddle. Some of their toys were scattered across the lawn and up the driveway, There, the door of his wife's car was standing wide open, and so was the front door of their house. Surprised at all of this mayhem before him, he rushed inside and was confronted with more evidence of just complete disarray. A lamp had been knocked over. The TV was loudly blaring on a cartoon channel, and the family room was littered with toys and children's clothing and the remnants of snacks. So he continued on, into the kitchen, and there the sink was filled with dirty dishes. Breakfast food had been spilled all over the counter. The refrigerator door was standing wide open, and dog food was scattered all over the floor. Now, at the sight of all of this, he was growing increasingly concerned and fearing for the worst that his wife must be ill or something serious had happened to her. He frantically began to call her name. And he ran up the stairs to their bedroom. Rushing into their room, he saw her lying there, curled up in bed, still in her pajamas, reading a novel. She looked calmly up at him, smiled, and then asked, How was your day? He looked at her completely, not comprehending what was going on, and demanded to know, Are you sick? No, I'm not sick, she calmly replied. Well, now completely bewildered, the husband demanded, Then what happened here today? Well, again she smiled 
and calmly replied, Well, you know how yesterday, when you came home from work and I hadn't started supper yet, so you barked at me, Well, what in the world have you been doing all day long? Well, yes, I remember, the husband replied. Well, I thought I'd give you a visual demonstration of what I do all day long, she continued. So, today, I didn't do any of it. Now, moms, let me put in my little disclaimer here. I don't want you to get any ideas from this story. But I do want to say that though what you do every single day often goes overlooked, on behalf of my fellow husbands, dads, and children out there, I want to say we truly do appreciate all the things that you do, and we do thank God for blessing us with you. Now, of course, motherhood has never been an easy job, but it is an incredibly important one. In fact, it is a role so vital that without mothers, mankind would simply not exist. And further, the role that mothers play in God's redemptive plan of salvation for all of mankind is so pivotal that it could not have been achieved without them. Now, if you think perhaps I'm over-exaggerating, let me point you to the account of the very first mother way back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. And there we find that in the immediate aftermath of Adam and Eve's fall into sin, disobeying God by eating the tree of the forbidden fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in the aftermath, God is pronouncing the consequences of their sin. However, in the middle of all of that bad news, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God declares to the serpent Satan, He declares some very good news for us. And this is what He says. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. And so, in the light of the New Testament, we of course know that the promised deliverer in this verse, the one who is going to come, whose heel will be bruised by Satan, but the one who would ultimately crush Satan's head, is of course none other than Jesus Christ. But now I want you to notice the means by which Jesus, the Deliverer, would eventually be brought into the world. It would be through the offspring of the woman. So in other words, it meant that from Eve right through to the mother of God's Deliverer, there would need to be a long chain of generations generation upon generation of mothers who would faithfully need to bear and raise children in the knowledge and love of the Lord. Now, there were times when that chain came close to breaking. For consider that though Noah gets all of the accolades for building the ark, consider that it was his unnamed wife who bore him his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then it was their three sons' unnamed wives who bore the children who would begin the repopulation of the entire planet, thereby continuing the line from Adam and Eve on towards the Deliverer. And so without those unnamed wives, salvation would not have been possible. 
And so though they are unnamed, it doesn't in any way diminish the vital role that those mothers played in God's ultimate plan of redeeming mankind from the curse of sin and restoring us into a right relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And so the unbroken chain of faithful mothers continued on. From Sarah to Tamar, from Rahab to Ruth, and from Bathsheba to one Mary of Nazareth. And it is here upon Mary that we will now focus our attention. So I want you now to consider the immense privilege and the incredible blessing for Mary to be chosen by God to be the mother of his only begotten son. It's no exaggeration when in Luke chapter 1 verse 28 we read that when Gabriel announced to Mary what was going to happen, this is what he says. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I want to just underline that. You who are highly favored. Think about that. To be chosen to be the mother of God's son. I think highly favored sounds about right, don't you? Now, what did Mary think about being so highly favored? How did she respond to being chosen to being the mother of God's deliverer? Well, we read it in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 50, part of Mary's joyful response. She says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And so here we see that Mary is rejoicing, that from generation to generation she recognizes this long chain that has come to her and that it will now culminate in her being the mother of the Messiah, God's long-awaited deliverer. And so now to all of you mothers listening out there today, though Mary stands alone as the one woman chosen to bear and be the mother of God's Son, Nevertheless, God has likewise chosen you to bear children, created in his image with eternal souls given by their creator, and God's desire for each one of those precious children, each one of those lives, is that everyone will one day be adopted as his sons and daughters into his family forever. That's the whole reason why Jesus came in the first place was so that your children, your children would become his children and that they would learn of him and love him and respond in repentance and faith to enter his family. And so if that is not a divine privilege, a divine calling, just as surely as Mary's was, then I don't know what is. Mothers, your children are a sacred blessing from God, just as Jesus was a sacred blessing from God for Mary. And so, mothers, this is the greatest privilege and blessing that anyone could imagine. And so, God has chosen and called you to be the mother of the children that he has given to you. I pray that you will take this as a sacred trust and a high calling. Do not think for one second that motherhood is one of God's lesser roles. 
In fact, I believe personally that it is one of the most important and vital roles that God can give to anyone in this life. The great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon was of the same opinion, and he once said, You are as much serving God in looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the house and making your household a church for God as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. Another pastor, Andy Stanley, once said, Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And that was most certainly the case for Mary. But now we shift gears. For though Mary's calling to be the mother of Jesus was an incredible privilege and an incredible blessing, it also came with an incredible burden. In Luke chapter 2, we read about how following Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple in Jerusalem for the ceremonial Jewish custom of circumcision on the baby's eighth day. And there, a man named Simeon has been waiting for the deliverer, the Messiah, for a very, very long time. And we read that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's deliverer with his own eyes. And so the Spirit has led him into the temple in anticipation. And then upon Mary and Joseph's arrival with the baby, the Spirit leads him right to them and reveals to Simeon that this child, this eight-day-old baby, is the one. And so joyfully, Simeon takes the baby into his arms, and he begins praising God that he has kept his promise to him, that he gets to see with his own eyes the Lord's deliverer. And then he turns to Mary and Joseph, and and they're amazed at this. You know, here's this man coming out of nowhere, praising God for this child. And then we read in Luke chapter 2, verses 34 to 35. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, Behold, this child is appointed to cause the rise and fall of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your soul as well. Now you'll notice here that Simeon's prophecy specifically to Mary, not Joseph, it says he's speaking to Mary, it's not all good news. It's not all good news because we see here that her son is going to be spoken against. There's going to be resistance. And then he says this ominous foreboding last line, and a sword will pierce your soul as well. Now I wonder what Mary made of Simeon's words. A sword will pierce your soul. Could she have possibly anticipated as she held her beautiful eight-day-old son that day? Could she have anticipated what was yet to come? For when the angel Gabriel had come to her to tell her the good news that she would bear the deliverer, what, what would Mary have imagined for her son's future? I think like any mother, it would have been filled with only hope and, and good thoughts for a bright future. And when Mary was told that she would conceive and bear Emmanuel, God with us, a son destined to sit on a throne, 
could she have possibly envisioned a cross? Yes, a sword would pierce her soul as well. Whirling memories of wise men and shepherds, living in Egyptian exile, learning experiences in the carpenter's shop, teenage miscommunication coming home from the temple, sermons on the hillsides, turning the water into wine at her request, and all the countless miracles that followed. The possibilities had seemed limitless. The future was bright. What could possibly stop her son? We must not forget that Mary not only gave birth to Jesus, but she mothered him from childhood, and she did everything a devoted mother could do for her son. Mary had the job of constantly protecting him. Even from the very moment that he was born, his life was in danger. We know that King Herod sought to destroy Jesus, forcing Mary and Joseph to flee to Egypt. Mary also had to protect Jesus' identity. She knew who he was and who he was to become, but she couldn't tell anyone, not yet. It's also likely that Joseph died at a young age or a younger age, as he does not appear again in the pages of Scripture after Jesus was age 12. And so from whatever point that Joseph died, we know that Mary would have raised Jesus along with the rest of the family alone. Yes, a sword will pierce your own soul too. And don't forget, Jesus was not an only child. He had several brothers and sisters younger than him. Now, of course, Jesus will have been an obedient child, but that doesn't mean the others were. And Mary's story isn't just one of sunshine and roses and everything going well. No, she had a difficult time. She had hard times. And she didn't have all of the technology and comforts that we have today to assist her either. And there was a dark cloud looming over her son. And Mary knew it. And as any parent, she knew that she should not interfere. She had to let go so that Jesus could go on to fulfill the task that God had set before him. And yet you can only imagine that she still, as a, as a mother, had worries for her son. When he revealed who he was in the hometown of Nazareth and they wanted to throw him off a cliff, what did she think? What did she think when, when he was so running ragged in ministry that she and the other uh, children went to bring him home by force? And he resisted and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And along this way, there's, there's, there's trouble there's, there's difficulty as she grapples to understand who her son really is and his mission. And she learned, like all parents, that balancing act on, on a knife's edge, knowing where to encourage or where to discourage, where to step forward and where to step back. And when, finally, those days came, when there was nothing that she could do, And that day when Jesus was arrested, and that day when ultimately he fell under the weight of that cross that was going to bear him, and all she could do was helplessly watch. And then we read in John chapter 19, verse 25, one of the most solemn lines in all of Scripture. It says, Near the cross of Jesus stood 
his mother. That's it. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. What a weight of agony is in that one statement. For there she stands, watching her son, the long-awaited deliverer, bleeding out in agony. And what despair would have crippled her mother's heart in those moments as she watched all of this, trying to comprehend how this could be happening. The love between Jesus and his mother is also shown at the foot of the cross. For even though Jesus was there hanging in intense agony and suffering, he still had the strength to recognize his mother there with him to the very end, and that in love he then commended her into the care of his beloved disciple John. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his own home. Yes, a sword will pierce your own soul too, Mary. Have you considered the thought that Mary had to stand there and watch her son die because of you? Because of me? Because of our sins? Can you possibly begin to imagine how horrible that must have been? I don't think there are words to describe what Mary felt on that day as she watched the soldiers nail her son and Savior to the cross. I have no doubt that if Mary had been given the choice to trade places with Jesus that day, she would have done so without hesitation or reservation. So great was her love for her son. Solomon Rosenberg tells the true story of how his wife, his two sons, and his mother and father were arrested and placed in a Nazi concentration camp during the Holocaust of World War II. It was a labor camp, and the rules were simple and brutal. As long as you can do your work, you are permitted to live. But when you become too weak to do your work, you will be exterminated. So Rosenberg watched his mother and father being marched off to their deaths when they became too weak to work. He knew that his youngest son David would be next because David had always been a frail child. And every evening when Rosenberg came back into the barracks after his hours of labor, he would search for the faces of his family, checking for each one. And when he found them, they would huddle together, thanking God for seeing them through another day. And one day, Rosenberg came back from his hard labor. Checking for the faces of his family, he didn't see everyone. And he finally discovered his oldest son, Joshua, in a corner, huddled, weeping and praying. And he said, Josh, tell me it's not true. Joshua turned and said, it's true, Papa. Today, David was not strong enough to do his work, so they came for him. But where is your mother? asked Mr. Rosenberg. Oh, Papa, he exclaimed. When they came for David, he was afraid and he was crying. Mama said, there's nothing to be afraid of, David. And then she took him by the hand and went with him. She went with him. That, my friends, is the same type of sacrificial love that kept Mary at the foot of her son's cross as he died. 
she went with him. But even more, I am certain that it illustrates for us the kind of love that Jesus has for each one of us. A love so strong that he willingly gave himself up on that cross for us. Because remember, it was our sins that put him there. It was our sins that held him there. He went with us. He went with you. He went with me. Just as certainly as that spear pierced Jesus' side, we recognize that, yes, a sword pierced Mary's soul that day. Simeon's words had come true. And so, just as it was her blessing, as well as her burden to be the mother of the Savior of the world, for unknown to her, the road to salvation had to go up Calvary's hill and down into a grave. But that incredible story, Mark this, would not have been written without Mary obediently playing her part as the mother of the Lord. And as we've already said, mothers have played an incredible part in God's redemptive plan for mankind. From Eve to Sarah, to Tamar, to Ruth, to Bathsheba, to Mary. And so too, mothers continue to play an incredible part in the story of God's redemption for each one of their children through their lives of daily sacrifice and service and love. And so for all of the faithful mothers who are hearing this word today, we acknowledge that just as your role comes with incredible blessings, it also comes with incredible burdens. But just as with Mary, God was able to see her through. For we know that the story does not end on Calvary, that following the resurrection, her and her son were reunited once more. And so, the path through the hard times brought about an even greater glory upon their reunion. And so, mothers, too, there is blessing, there is burden, but know that through them all, God is with you. He will strengthen you to see it through to even greater glory, even greater reward when we stand with him, with our children, together in glory one day. And so today we honor you for who you are and for who you so powerfully remind us of in our daily lives, none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. Be encouraged and blessed today, we pray. Father, we thank you for Mary's incredible example. We thank you for her humble response to being chosen to be the mother of the Savior. What an incredible privilege and how she bore it with such grace and with such humility. We thank you as well, Lord, that though uh, it was not easy and though a, a sword had to pierce her own soul as well, we thank you that your presence was there to strengthen her through it all and that though it went up the hill to Calvary, and down to the grave of despair, it also carried through to Resurrection Sunday and to being reunited once more in greater glory than she could have imagined. And so, Lord, I pray for the mothers out there today who are going through perhaps a challenging or dark time, 
as they wonder at the role they have to play in the daily grind of raising children. I pray, Lord, let them see right now the big picture, how what they are doing is an incredible role, an incredibly important part of your plan of salvation and redeeming all of mankind, and that each one of these children who you've entrusted into their care as mothers are a sacred trust that you want to bring into your family. And so I pray, Lord, give them the strength, the grace, and the love that they need to continue to endure, even if a sword must pierce their own soul in the process. We know that you are able to heal even the deepest of wounds by your incredible power and love. And so we thank you, Lord, for our mothers. We thank you for each one who you have called to this role. We ask your blessing upon them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, have a very happy Mother's Day. And to everyone, have a very good week. See you next time.